0: Sometimes you shoot a dog just to see what happens, don't you?
1: Welcome to the Electronic Wireless Show, Rock Paper Shotguns Video Game Podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion. Uh, I am Alice Bell, and I'm joined this week, uh, as ever, by the lovely Brendan Caldwell. How are you, Brendy?
0: Hi, I'm good. Yeah, all good. Definitely not tired.
1: Brendy was up until one, doing a video game playing thing. Um, and also this week we're joined by Guidesman Dave Irwin. Hello, Dave. Hello.
2: How's How it? Are we? How's it
1: hanging? It's good. It's hanging good. It's always good to know. Brendan, before we... I feel moved to say, before we started recording this, Brendan was like, well, we're going straight into it. We're, we're not wasting any time this week. Um, and we are, in fact, we, we've started recording 20 minutes after we said we were going to. So... <laughs> <laughs> There's some time wasted, perhaps. Um it's, how, how how's your week going, lads? You having a good week?
2: Uh, I've had a alright week. Um
1: uh I've had to move back
2: into my uh mum and dad's place. Um just the whole house moving nonsense, so
0: Oh is it um are you moving house to Brighton?
2: Yeah, I've I've been trying to move to Brighton since the start of the year, but Basically, no one wants to buy my house. So, if you if you want a house in Didcot near Oxford, that's it's not what the podcast distance. is for. Dave,
1: <laughs> I'll give you a tenner. <laughs> in this economy, in <laughs> um, okay. And how are you, Brendan? I'm good. I'm good.
0: I feel left out because I I'm not. I'm nowhere near going to Brighton. In any moving capacity, and with all the people that are starting to work in the real office at RPS, I'm so I'm so far away. You're, like you guys probably all have parties and stuff, don't you?
1: You're like the ghost, yeah, the ghost at the feast.
0: Hmm. You, you all gather on the beach and like uh, throw frisbees to each other and talk about Mario and stuff, don't you? Without without me. Yep,
1: yep. And Matt and that Dave. That's exactly have- how it is. Matt and Dave have a secret and very exclusive food club on Fridays that no one else is allowed to go to whatsoever.
2: <laughs> yes, yes, Alice, it is very exclusive. He's,
1: he's caught that on for me of now. Of a they, they, they go and get a burrito on Fridays and they call it Burrito Fridays. And, uh, and the US gamer lads who sit behind us invited them out and they were like, no, we're going to get a burrito, it's Friday. And so the US gamer lads were like, what? We've never heard of this being a thing before. How come you've not invited us to Burrito Fridays? And so it then started a joke where I said that that Burrito Fridays is an exclusive club that no one else was ever invited to, ever. And uh, uh, they've cottoned on, they know that if they react to that, I'll just keep doing it. So now I'm trying a thing where I pretend I don't know what a burrito is. So I'm I'm moving into (laughs) other areas.
2: It's not working on me, but for Matt, it's working wonders. I'm enjoying uh, no, this di- no, dissection no. of the
0: bands.
1: I feel like, I feel like Matt kind of got, got the hang of it a bit quicker than you, if anything, Dave. But, what, but one day it was great because they did invite me out to Burrito Friday. And I said, nah, I'm all right. And then I quickly <laughs> rang up a different burrito place, ordered a collection burrito, ran over there, <laughs> got it, got back to the office. And then when they returned with their burritos, I swung round in my chair, like Blofeld, instead of, but instead of a cat, I had a burrito.
2: <laughs> See, but I can laugh at it now, but I was really miffed because we were we waited for ages for that uh, for our burritos. <laughs> that 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 was that was the sore point. It wasn't necessarily that Alice went behind our back and went to a different burrito place. It was purely because of the fact that we took so long He's to get lying. our ones.
1: He's lying. I saw I saw in their eyes the. I wish I I should carry a GoPro strapped to me at all times for occasions like that. It was brilliant. I was surprised I got back before they did. Anyway. Anyway, uh, That's not
2: about video games.
1: Let's talk about video games. Well, the reason I was able to get to the burrito restaurant (laughs) that I went to so quickly is because of the uh, efficient uh, grid layout of that area of Brighton, which is the city we're in. Or like two of us are in, and that's that's what we're talking about today. That was my attempt at a Brendy segue. It was quite amazing. Was I was good. wondering
2: where you were going with that initially.
1: Yeah, thanks, strong. So today we're talking about the best video game cities, and I want to throw to Brendan first because I think I can guess maybe what one of yours might be.
0: Can you guess, because I told you in the brief moment before we started recording on this call.
1: No, I was going to guess a different one. <laughs> okay, go on. I was going to guess Camarucho.
0: Oh, that is a good city. That isn't one I've picked, but it. No! it it's a good It's a good choice. <laughs> it's, it's one good, I wrote, wrote down. Oh, there we go. Okay,
1: I got one of you.
0: We should ask Dave, why what is Camarucho? And why is it so good as a city? So... Kamarucho is the
2: it's not really a city in itself, it's part of Tokyo. But the fictionalized bit of the Yakuza series, um, where all the stuff happens and it has all sorts of weird and wonderful uh people and buildings and tons of Sega arcades littered everywhere, like some kind of eighties um science fiction thing and yeah it's actually just a really nice place to walk around when there aren't
0: thugs trying to beat you up it's super super detailed like it's the same city in every yakuza game, but it's just got so much detail like every little sign you can walk up and read the menus if you read japanese but you can, you can walk up and just read the menus and be like oh yeah okay cool there are all these ads pictures everywhere and it's all yeah it's almost overwhelming
2: i wonder if anyone's looked at the uh, layout of camerucho over the course of the games and seen what's changed in the in the city like what shops have opened what shops have closed
0: yeah like The only big change, I think, is from one game to the other, from Yakuza 0, which is set in the 80s, is all about someone trying to get prime real estate in the middle of the city and it's like a a kind of a warren, like a a little warren of alleyways and stuff. And then that becomes a big tower in the later games. um, Which is quite cool. But I mean, like, really, it's it's almost like a cost-saving operation just to have the same city in a game over and over and over and over again. But
2: it's iconic.
0: Yeah, good, good city. Yeah, good to visit, maybe not to live.
1: I just, I just know that there are cats that you can in one. The, I don't know which one it is, but there are cats, and if you feed them the right food, they will go and live in a cat cafe. What? Which one is this in? It might not be one of the ones on PC yet but I know there's a there's a guy who's got a cat cafe and then you go around and you'll hear a cat meow and then you you have you can buy cat food to carry around with you you know like like Batman's utility belt you yeah. just whip out a bit of cat food and but you have to guess what kind of like fish or whatever it, the, the cat in front of you will like and if it likes it it will be like oh mate and and instinctively know to go live in this cat cafe uh,
0: I don't know which one this is in because I've played the the older ones or like the the remakes that have been released on PC but um
1: I fear it will be one of the new ones yeah
0: oh. mm.
1: sorry Brenda <laughs> that is one of the good things about the camera though is that you can there, there are loads of little weird mini games you can uh like find to do there are tons. Yeah,
0: you can you can race little plastic cars. You can play a virtual fighter. You can go and gamble. You can play mahjong. It's basically mini games. The city. You can get into fights over property. Popular pastime.
2: Uh, yeah. And you can go and do karaoke as well. That's true. Just embarrass yourself.
1: Oh, the karaoke's <laughs> amazing, actually. I remember saying that. Okay, yeah, good choice. I'm glad at least one of you picked it. Um, Brendan, do you want to throw a, throw a city into the ring? And then we'll make them fight. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll throw a city into the ring. I'll throw a, a new city into the ring. The Hanging City from Outer Wilds. Ooh. Okay. Outer- Outer Wilds is the spaceship game that we spoke about maybe a few episodes ago. Uh, the spaceship exploration game where you repeat the same twenty minutes of life over and over again as you explore this little solar system. And on one of the planets there's a it's like a planet made of a shell. And there's a a city built on the on the inside ceiling of the shell. And the whole shell is built around a black hole. So it's a city hanging over a black hole on the inside of a planet. And, I mean, if that doesn't already make you want to visit it, then... Who's typing?
1: Me, sorry. Not me.
0: I'm banning this.
1: So, I've, I've got... I had to put my editor hat on for a sec. Are you editing my words as I speak them? Yeah, in real time. So I do it. Sorry, I'm sorry. I won't do it again. It's a very bad form.
0: Only because I have to <laughs> edit
1: them out. I know. I'm sorry. I didn't think it was picking up. I forgot. I've not got a sh-ty mic now.
0: Gonna have to get rid of that. now too. This whole bit's gone.
1: Leave it in. We're we're the realist website.
0: Okay, I'll leave it in. Anyway, <laughs> it's a good it's a good city. It hangs from the inside of a planet. It falls bit by bit into the black hole as the 20 minutes passes. So you can be standing in one part of the city and it'll suddenly shudder and you'll be like, oh no, better get to CFD. And you'll like leap out and try to jetpack from one bit to another as this big cracked bit of city and buildings falls into the black hole beneath you. And sometimes you'll fall into the black hole too. And that's just how life goes in Outer Wild. sometimes. It's brilliant. It's a very good city. It's all like, it's a ruin. It's a, It's an old abandoned city. It doesn't have any cat cafes or karaoke, but it does make up for it by the fact that you fall into the event horizon of a black hole.
2: So, hang on, sorry. Am I missing something? Or is your reason for this city being part of this list because it's got a black hole in it?
0: I mean, that's one element of what makes this a good city. Because the city it doesn't have to be like a city, my understanding of what we're being asked to come up with here isn't necessarily like oh, a good city that's livable with amenities and a good public transport system.
2: Oh, I know that i'm I'm you... just getting onto the um the part of the thing where Alice was saying, "Make the cities fight each other, and you got Camarucho, which has you know, all sorts of weird and interesting things about it. And then this one, I mean, it has a black hole, so it naturally beats everything.
1: <laughs> we don't have <laughs> to actually make the cities fight. It's okay.
2: Oh, I, ju- I just want to see the citizens of Kamarucho trying to fight a black hole.
0: <laughs> they would try and fight it. <laughs> they try and fight everything. They try and fight Kiryu so, you know... He's like a black hole, basically just a giant man you can't beat.
1: I mean, first of all, you threw me because I wasn't expecting such a new game. I was like, "Oh," but it's um, it's similar to because there are a couple of, of places in uh Outer Wilds that sort of become inaccessible as as you play, and so there's a ruined city um on the. There are two sort of tiny planets: There's the Ash Twin and the Ember Twin. And one of them is, is a big ball of sand that is gradually emptying onto the other, uh, which fills up this ruined city so you can't explore. You can only explore a bit of it each time, basically. It's really weird.
0: What's that one? That one's called something else, like the the hidden city or the, the underground city or something. The sandy city! I don't know. <laughs> what about you, Alice? Um why don't you tell us which city you would like to fight the black hole <laughs> and Kamaruchu.
1: I've got a list of quite a few actually, because I do like how games make places sort of real. Um I'd put down Yarnum and then remembered that's PS4 only, and that's Yarnum is the only thing I will praise about from soft games. Um, it is pretty not lovely. And um, its weird dog wibbly wobbliness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm gonna go with Dunwall, which is quite an obvious one to start with, but it is very good. Um, Dunwall is the kind of main city in um Dishonored. Uh it's in Dishonored two a lot as well, and it's really good. It just sort of it it the the way it is laid out and there's like the kind of the bit where the there's the docks and there's the, the kind of gross slum sort of bits where the poor are forced to live, and there's the mining bits, and it's just really good, like, and the the, the yeah the lovely mansions and manors and stuff. Oh, it's great, and it's it's a it's like a little it's like a little Faberge egg because it's got loads of little layers and little holes that you can kind of drill into. It's brilliant. done well there you it's
0: go. Got a bit of a bit of a rodent problem, from what I understand.
1: Well, it's what it, it's. Yeah, it does a bit. It, the rodent problem curiously gets worse. Uh, the the more horrible you are, and the more murderous you are, because you know, metaphors. Oh.
0: So maybe it was just a rodent problem for me. Oops. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, there, Yeah, because it. Uh, you you visit Dunwall, like when you play Dishonored, Dunwall is in the grip of a plague that is notionally spread by these rats. Um, and they form little groups, cabals, that that kind of, th- you can use to to get people, like you can get a power that like summons rats basically and you can use that, but um, they also block your path, a lot of stuff, and they will eat people alive and they'll kill you very quickly. But yeah, you get more rats if you are stabbier, whereas if you're a, a ghost in the night and you make nice decisions, and don't murder all your targets, then it won't be as ratty. But it's, it's just, yeah, I, I love the Dishonored games. I think they're great. I'm very bad at them, but they're brilliant.
0: Do you like the what? There's the city in Dishonored 2, Karnaka, Is it called Karnaca? Mm. Do you like it as much as you like Dunwall?
1: Yeah, I think they are very good at, at, uh, at like Arcane are very good at making, places that make sense. Like the like Prey, I think the space station on Prey is great as as this kind of place where, you know, the the fonts are the same, like, you know, the the offices have similar layouts, but they're a bit different for different people and stuff. It's really good. And yeah, Karnaka is is I really like as well. And I really love the the Duke's uh palace, I think is great. There's a really good um there's a level in uh I can't remember which city it's in, but it's uh it's the it's a museum of natural history. Um which in uh the game has been taken over by witches. Um uh so I think it's dishonored too. Um and they've sort of made it all witchy. Uh, and there are these lovely like stuffed owls that you can like jump on and it's it's just a really nice place. And then in the DLC you go back and it's been, um, everything's got dust sheets over it and it's been sealed off and it's a real, it's the same building but like such a different level and has such a different feel and is a lovely representation of how the game and the game world is moving from the, um, the uh, sort of, Mystical, kind of slightly magical feel that it all had, and then in Death of the Outsider, it's it's the it's moving towards like the scientific and the old ways of dying out and stuff. It's really great. Cool. It's a good to see, yeah. Uh, Dave, have you got another one for us?
2: Uh, I do. I have a few actually, but I think it's probably time that I got probably the most obvious city out of the way. And that is, of course, Raccoon City from Resident Evil 2 and various other Resident Evil stuff. But specifically, number two. uh, Because it's the only city that has a police station that I would want to visit. (laughs) Because it has some very interesting and intricate details that if you go to a normal police station it's just you know very drab uh it's a it's a place of work it's a place of isolation whereas um the police station still has that isolation but that's mostly because of all the zombies that are wandering around in it um whereas if you actually go up to the statues that are littered around or around the place they've got these like little puzzles and little things that you have to turn and they open up hidden chambers and you don't get that in your standard police station so it's it's quite nice to actually have um you know a, a city that yeah it's it's got a bit of a zombie problem not going <laughs> to lie i wouldn't i wouldn't recommend going there right that this minute but when it all calms down and when the fallout is, you know, settled and all that, <laughs> um, it might actually be quite a nice place to go and have uh, just have a look at some really interesting architecture and isn't the, maybe. Isn't
0: the in-game isn't the in-game lore for the police station of Raccoon City that it was originally an art museum? Yeah, and it, it basically it got closed down and turned into a police station and now it has all this weird puzzles and riddles built into the architecture because the whoever built the art museum was a a mad artist exactly yeah
2: and uh not only that but i think it also serves as a sort of hidden research uh facility for a certain company that. you know, uh, I don't think we should probably mention just in case uh, th- they're a bit tied reasons. into the whole zombie problem. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's just it's just a really nice place. And even when you go out of the uh, police station and uh, just have a look at the uh, the buildings, it yeah, it's it's your standard um, American city circa nineteen ninety eight ninety nine. But I think that's quite refreshing to have a place that, in a game that does look a bit normal, does look a bit, you know, like a city you would visit today. Yeah. But it has all these interesting little things
0: in it. Also, shout out to the... It has a good um, sewage system, a good sanitary kind of framework beneath the city. Because, oh yeah yeah especially considering the the head of the engineering guild or whatever that that created all the sewers of raccoon city was really really into chess mm like <laughs> <laughs> you can find like a memo and it's from like R. B. fisher and it's like so it's basically canon in Resident Evil 2 that bobby fisher designed the entire sewer system of Raccoon City, and he made all these gates and electronic devices with little chess pieces that you have to use to try and open doors. Just, what a city. Created by just very uh, eccentric characters. And that only adds
2: to the charm. Um, It's just a shame it's got a bit of a problem at the moment.
1: I I do want to point out that A, uh, an art museum being closed down and turned into... (laughs) A police station, of <laughs> course. Well, that's the government priority It's very clear there, aren't they? <laughs> and second, <laughs> I haven't, I haven't played like many Resident Evil games, but saying it used to be an art museum is still not a, a reason <laughs> for it's not an <laughs> adequate like reason for those things still being there. Like they could have just taken them out. <laughs> <laughs> they need to leave them in. It, oh, and also, like that's nobody would go to that museum. Or oh, maybe that's why it closed. But can you imagine that, like, <laughs> <laughs> if you went to like the British Museum and you had to, like, if you wanted to see the Rosetta Stone, you had to run around and gather different bits of a of a lock, and then and then you had to wait while they put them back for the next person. Basically,
0: making an escape room out of your publicly funded institutions.
1: Yeah, that's no way to go about things.
2: Or is it? Like, that that's the thing. Escape rooms are popular now. Um, people want to do them. And if you get an added bonus of seeing <laughs> the Rosetta Stone at the end of it, that that kind of buys into, you know, being an old explorer back in the day where you you come across the Tomb of Tutankhamun, you've solved some puzzles, and there you are. that You've got the uh, sarcophagus. And all the other treasures,
0: they was buried. Look forward to your curation of the British Museum. (laughs) (laughs) Have you got any more cities for us, Alice?
1: Um, I have a few. I'm just trying to decide which one I want to. I want to talk about. I know, actually, I will. So I put Neverwinter down. Neverwinter, classic. Everyone loves Neverwinter. I put down a couple others from kind of more obscure games, but i'm gonna go for uh new york in the division i thought okay Ah, yeah i thought it was really good and i I do think that ubisoft are very good at making cities and places i think the problem they they end up with is that they go too big um so i think if they they focus down and make a a smaller map they could do something very cool but um I I think that New York in the Division was like my favorite bit of the first division. I thought it was great. They made a really good sort of wintry cold abandoned version of New York that I thought was really good and gave a, a lot of atmosphere to to an otherwise quite standard Tom Clancy number generator.
0: Yeah. I love that you can... Sometimes when you're walking down the street you see people shouting from windows and you can't reach them. They're... There's no way into their building or anything but they're just leaning out windows shouting at you. I got shouted at some people out of a window once because I shot a dog in the street. shot a dog? What? Sometimes you shoot a dog just to see what happens, don't you? No.
2: Why would you shoot a dog just to see what happens? I mean, cats, fine, but not dogs.
1: Whoa! Whoa! Okay. Whoa there! <laughs> I'm not on board with either. Of the- I mean, I know. <laughs> like, I mean, like,
0: okay, I shoot a dog. Yeah, okay, hands up. Okay, I'll shoot a cat as well. It's indiscriminate. Okay, but you actually discriminate against which animal you're killing. You
2: did realize I was uh, messing with you, right? No, no, it's on record now. <laughs> it's on record. I hate cats. Actually, I do prefer dogs to cats. But there we go.
1: Clip, clip that out and make it the. Uh, dip, just take any context away from that. <laughs> <laughs> make that the opener I do, I mean I do to be fair, in my capacity as a reviewer I will try and shoot uh, an animal and a child to see if the game lets you do it invariably yeah. you are not allowed to shoot the child but you are allowed to shoot the dog and I put it to you which are you happier to see sit next to you on public transport <laughs> <laughs> mm.
0: Oh no, she's made us do a thought experiment.
2: (laughs) Uh, uh, It's quite an easy thought for me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I agree about New York, though. In the division, I think New York is great, and I'll see you your New York and raise you the Washington D.C. in a division two, which is also a really well put together city and has loads of little secret passageways and. Many many places you can find with crates to stuff. The stuff you're always find, it's it's a it's a loot and shoot. You're getting more numbers for your gun, big deal. But the city itself again is is really is really cracking.
2: Does New York do the thing that the Washington one does, where you got the monuments that act as the levels in the game, but like each of the individual missions are tied to a specific uh, location in. Um, yeah. So, uh, so, so, like Jefferson Monument is its own level. Um,
1: sort of a, a, a bit. In in that it'll it'll be like the shopping center sort of thing, but New York doesn't really have monuments in a, a sort of s- exactly similar way. Um, yeah,
0: there's there's like a level in Madison Square Gardens and some stuff like that. Okay.
1: Like, yeah, it's more like the famous buildings in in New York rather than like. Uh, the
2: yeah, that's that's kind of what I was getting at. So, like, there may be one in Empire State Building, for example, or uh, like a mission that is basically you travel to the Statue of Liberty.
1: I, I, I can't remember d- if I you don't can get remember going to
0: the Statue of Liberty. Uh, d- Maybe that was planned DLC. I can't remember.
1: Yeah, hmm. I I think I'd...
2: Ubisoft are very good at representing like cities in themselves in the you've got you got like specific locations that they go out and they render and you have all of these wonderful places that actually make you feel like you're there so um i can see why you picked new york um for that particular one because new york is very iconic uh in terms of certain locations are you know the kind of places that you would expect to be rendered in some way, shape or form.
1: I, I just think they did it really well, in because I've been to New York, so I could be like, yeah, it really feels like a real place. Um, but it also, in terms of making it like a, a city that feels very bleak and sort of, yeah, wintry and, and a bit hostile and unforgiving, I thought they did that really well. I'm interested to see what they do with London, actually. Hmm. As as someone who refers to themselves now as a Londoner, I've been there. Well,
2: they will probably get the accents all all down, I suppose. No, I, I,
1: the accents will be terrible. It's going to be awful. Uh, <laughs> uh, any more? For any more? Does anyone else have have any cities? I've got one more. Go on then. I've
0: got one more. Uh, the city of Dorisburg in Else Heartbreak, which is. Uh, uh, a hacky game it's like a an adventure game with a hacking element to it like a little programmy thing that you do in game to change items and stuff but uh, it's a really colorful cool city and i went back into the game last night because i uh, wanted to remind myself of what it was to talk about it but all i ended up doing was getting stuck on a balcony and doing drugs and watching the screen time-lapse, because when you take a drug it speeds time-up, and just watching the screen time-lapse for a day <laughs> until I collapsed from exhaustion and woke up in like the shanty of this homeless man who rescued me from my unconsciousness. Um, And although it was a complete failure as an exploration of this intricate clockwork city that's in the game, It was a complete success at reminding me why I enjoy the game.
1: That's quite a specific way to experience a city that I would not recommend doing in real life, necessarily.
0: But like all the stuff that happens in this game, a lot of the stuff that happens in this game is really like it's like a young person visits, like goes to the big city for the first time in their life kind of deal. Like you can go and have a part, an at. You can go to a nightclub and then go to an after party of some strangers you met in the nightclub in their in their flat and just drink all their booze and fall asleep in their bed and press buttons on their computers and stuff. Um, or you can just sit around and sh- like share drinks with people on benches. It's just it's a cool city. It's a cool city. I like it.
1: So I've not. I've not played it. But it sounds like you're doing a hard recommend.
0: It was a hard, it is a hard recommend, except that there's no um, like when I went into it last night, that was just day one, and I could go anywhere that had any door open and just do whatever. It doesn't give you very much direction really early in the game. So loads of people who I've recommended it to and have played it played for like an hour and then were like, I had no idea what this game is or what to do, so I just like stop playing um and i can't really blame them because it gives you no direction or no idea <laughs> of what you're supposed to do <laughs> but if you if you do persevere it it's pretty cool
1: where would you so to avoid that fate for someone else listening to this recommend them somewhere to go when they first start um, playing
0: when you first start playing you should go to uh Bar Yvonne or Club Yvonne—that's the place where things. Hmm. No, because actually, the, the the I can't recommend one place that will help them to get on the trail of the story because so much it just throws you off the trail again immediately after. Okay, yeah, go to Bar Yvonne. You'll at least you'll at least meet some people. You'll have a drink. You'll dance. You'll
1: enjoy yourself. There you go. Good recommendation. All right. Shall we move on to what we've been playing this week? Can do. Yeah. All right. I will go first uh, very briefly because I've only been playing one thing. Um, I've been playing Night Call. The uh, review will be up uh, yesterday as you listen to this. Um, Nightcall is sort of like Neocab, um, which is the kind of you're a cab driver um, and you pick people up and chat to them. So Nightcall is black and white. It's set in modern day Paris. Um, it is uh, kind of... Huh. So, so it's partly like you're a taxi driver, so you have to pick people up. Um, they might give you tips. Um, you take them to where they want to go and you have a conversation uh, and you have to make sure that you have enough fuel and that you uh, are making money your overheads are huge it's ridiculous um, so that's <laughs> half of it and the other half is sort of a murder mystery but not really it's weird It's so you wake up in hospital you're told you've been in a medically induced coma for two weeks because you were attacked by a serial killer who is currently terrorizing the city and then the police immediately blackmail you into helping discover who the killer is
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh those french policemen Yep.
1: so okay so uh yeah it luckily the game barrels through that quite quickly so it's like but if you think about it for even a second it's absurd um uh and so you're investigating the the killer for the police by uh collecting clues by talking to people because it's in fairness to the game the point of it is not that you are solving the murder the point is that you are able to solve the murder because people talk to you um when you give them rides places so um yeah and then you go back each night and you put all the clues on on your cork board and you try and figure out who the murderer is the Murder mystery that is quite thin. Like you just get given these clues. You never have like it will be like someone offers up a tidbit, or like you get given a medical report, but then you don't get to read the medical report or hear the conversation where you're offered up that tidbit. It just then appears on your corkboard saying like the killer is this tall. Um, You so you don't really and you don't really get to sort through the clues or assign them to people. Yourself, the game does most of it automatically. Um, And I would rather really have just been a cab driver because that's the fun (laughs) bit. They're all like, it does vary a bit. It's quite magical, realism y almost. Um, It's uh, like, all the people you meet are unfailingly interesting. Um, They're like middle aged women whose husband has left them, uh, uh, a cat, (laughs) Um, a a 90s DJ who is upset that the current big DJ of the moment uh, is big and he's not kind of thing and uh, and it's fun because if you pick them up a few times you learn a bit more about them and stuff which is really good um, sometimes it is a bit heavy handed sometimes it's a bit too weird uh, as Brandy noted from one of the screenshots in my review Um uh,
0: should we should we read out what the piece of dialogue is in this screen? Yeah,
1: do you want to do a dramatic reading, Wendy? <laughs>
0: um, I can't sure. wait for this. So maybe you should describe this woman. She looks like a kind of, uh, she's like an el- is she an elderly hippie kind of lady? So she's
1: sort of late middle-aged. Uh, the context, she's a poet and she's trying to find inspiration. So she gets in your car and tells you to just drive and then she sort of senses an underground river.
0: Okay, so she's a poet, and she's called Alicia, and she's kind of giving this expression, like she's letting the words flow through her, and she says, The billabong runs just beneath us. Its water flows no more. The black stream from my vagina has stopped short.
1: Yeah. Very good. Very good. So stuff like that. Oh dear. <laughs> uh, and then you eventually, you get, I think, a few nights. I think for the first case it was a week. It might be a week for all of them, I can't remember. Um, and uh, and then you have to present your suspect. And then there's a little vignette where you, you know, drive the suspect somewhere pretending to pick them up, that kind of thing. Um, you You can choose different conversation options. You get, like, different responses from from your passengers for behaving in different ways and it's very nice it's very chilled out i just sort of wish it didn't have the detective bit um and the other thing is that like there are several cases but each one of them is a self-contained version of the game so okay so like you like every time you wake up from your medically induced coma and blackmailed into investigating the case but it's just a different serial killer what done it each time Mm. Uh, but that also wipes your um your conversations back to zero so if you if you got to do like two conversations with a, uh, a character in like your previous game and you wanted to keep that going you have to start again from scratch if you start the next case sort of thing which was a bit deflating um so it's I mean in theory I like both elements of it, but they kinda don't come together properly really, I I don't think. So it is it's nice, but it's not it's good but it's not great, <laughs> I would say.
2: Okay. I remember playing it at REST not too long ago and being quite uh taken aback by uh there was a bloke who gets in the cab and he's just like yeah, so I go to airports to pick up uh, women uh, in, in terms of dates, and then I give them numbered scores. And uh, the options that I got varied from just nod and smile to uh, punch the guy in the face, which I thought was quite refreshing because I really wanted to punch him in the face. Um, but then there was another person who was on the way to the airport because she was being uh i think it was an arranged marriage that she was being forced into but she didn't want to talk about it or didn't know how to talk about it um naturally i messed that one up because like i'm i just didn't know which option would get her to talk so I tried all sorts of things and apparently nothing worked. So
1: Oh, I chatted um. to her. Yeah, I can't remember. It does it does cover like a lot of different topics, like race, religion, sexuality and stuff. She was um yeah, she was meeting a guy that her parents wanted her to marry and she was asked she ended up asking me like, "Where do you think I should take him?" I, you know, it was weird weird and she was saying like, "Yeah, my parents obviously think it's an okay thing to do because it worked for them and stuff. It's 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 sometimes very heavy-handed with some things, but it's got it's it's a surprisingly light touch with others. It's quite interesting.
0: Very cool. I'll link to the review.
1: Uh, Dave, what have you been playing? Anything interesting this week?
0: Uh.
2: On the recommendation of Graham's review, uh, I tried out Void Bastards, which uh, I have to say was a lot easier than I was expecting, and roguelikes are not normally my cup of tea, but I found this one endearing, to say the least. Um, the The basic premise, if you've not played it, is uh, there is an AI voiced by the same guy who did the Stanley Parable, uh, Kevin something, I can't remember his surname. Um, but basically, you've basically got this device that goes and plugs into uh, like what they call clients, which are the host for uh, your character, essentially, going around and... Each client has their own perks. Uh, so one, for example, is, is able to detect, like uh, they're all randomly generated. So you could, for example, detect uh, security systems or lock doors quicker, or, uh, automatically pick up items. Uh, it, the list goes on and on. Um, and the general you're like boarding idea. spaceships,
0: aren't
2: you? Yeah, you're boarding uh spaceships. So it's a bit like um it's a tiny bit like FTL in that sense, in that you're go crossing across the galaxy um and having events, but the events in these cases are specific little levels where you have to go and find items in order to uh build up your fuel stocks. Uh, have enough food so that you can survive um, and not starve you've got uh, all sorts of other items and junk that you can break down and uh, make other things uh, so that when you're exploring the other ships uh, you have a much much better arsenal and uh, gadgets and all that and all the while you've got uh, it, um, what could be best described as Mancunian ghosts coming after you and hurling abuse. <laughs> um, and it was it was really off-putting. Uh, I think they're Mancunian. It they might be Scouser actually, thinking about it. Um, but it's it's just like uh, the little tiny uh juvies. I think they're called the the little tiny little hobbit-like things. Uh, ju- just saying. Uh, in possibly the most um, Hammy Scouse accent or Mancunian accent, uh, something
0: like. <laughs> Why can you not know which accent it is? Because like wildly. Okay,
2: angry. okay. I used to grow up in. Uh, I I grew up in the Wirral, which is that little nub that sticks uh, sticks out between uh, Liverpool and Wales, and the accents around that area are all very very similar mancunian is a little different and for some reason this week i've just not been able to tell which is which (laughs) and it's really distressing me (laughs) um so (laughs) sorry alice's laugh is getting me now um so yeah um So you got this tiny little guy who's just like, uh, I can see you, pal. Which accent was that? I think that was meant to be (laughs) Scouse. I'm not good at accents. Uh, uh, Don't get me started on my Scottish accent because it is downright racist. Um, Speaking of Scots, the pirates are all Scottish. Um, And um, the game is actually really funny. Uh, And that's part of why i liked it so much i also like uh like the fact that there is uh a bomb that is in the shape of a cat that uh, you can just send off and it just wanders around until it eventually explodes um and yeah it's just a really nice Nicely put together game. It does what it does well. It's not unfair at any point. When you die, you still get all the stuff that you upgraded, but you essentially reset on I think it is the junk you have, the fuel stocks and the food that you uh that you have uh when you begin. And yeah, and the story is hilarious because it's just basically you've got three things. Excellent, you've made a thing. Um, something's not worked because it's not something is not there. You need to build that, uh, and it just goes on and on, and it's utterly bonkers. But I love it. Um, cool. Do you want me to talk about the other thing, or do you want to go first? Uh,
1: we we don't have time, time. <laughs> so we're gonna. Okay. Do, we're gonna do Brendy. Brendy, have you been playing anything good?
0: Um, I play some Grifflands but I wrote a review of that so if you want to know if that's any good you should go and read the review and I played Streets of Rogue which came out this maybe the end of last week Uh, it came out of early access it's been early access for a while it's a roguelike where you are a member of a resistance trying to take down a tyrannical mayor in a tower like city And each level, you go up the levels of the tower and through the city, um, getting these little procedurally generated missions based on the the, the layout of the level. And the layout of the level is always different every time as well. And um, you've just got loads of little characters you can choose from. You can be um, a hacker who can hack into uh, the fridges and make them run. And the fridges will run towards the wall on the opposite side of them. Brilliant. Um you can you can go you can be like a doctor who gets medical syringes and stuff, and you can put them into air filtration systems outside uh, of a building. so if one of your missions is, for example, to neutralize a man in a building or to collect a piece of collect a briefcase in a building, but you can't get in that building because all the doors are locked, you can pump sulfuric acid into the air filtration system through the vent. And everyone in the building will die, and the, the acid will disappear, and then you just walk in and you pick up the briefcase and you go. Um, <laughs> it's got all these little, like, it's every little thing, you can be a gorilla, and the gorilla's power is that they, if they free other gorillas, the other gorillas will join them. So you can just start freeing gorillas from their cages in yeah. scientific pe- pens, and storm through the whole game as a as a troop of gorillas um all the different characters because as you as you are any one of these characters there are the characters themselves running around and doing their own thing like there are cops and they will you know hurt anybody who starts to break the law there are um gang members there's a red gang and a blue gang and if the red gang sees the blue gang they'll attack each other you know um There are big events that happen every three levels, um, which are like. They can be anything from like a radiation wave that hits every 30 seconds or something like that. Sometimes it'll give everyone on the level a modifier every 10 seconds, like a status every 10 seconds. So you might become slow, and then 10 seconds later, you'll be invincible. But everybody else on the map is getting a status, a random status at the same time. So at one point. I was in the middle of fighting this woman who was a cannibal and she was trying to stab me. And then we both became invincible just at the same time. So we were We're just just hitting each other over the head (laughs) to no effect at the same time. (laughs) Uh, We had to do that for 10 seconds until we both got a new status effect. Um, It's just got all these, like, it it is like, it's like a tiny top-down Deus Ex. It's like a tiny top-down roguelike immersive sim. And it's just got so many little random things thrown into the mix. And it's wonderful. It's been wonderful for ages on Early Access. But now that it's out, out Um I'm going to do a proper review on it and recommend it again because it is top. It's the top little game.
1: Excellent stuff. Uh, let's move on. We'll very quickly do some... Uh, some- listener responses. So we ask you every week uh the same question we ask ourselves on uh Twitter, our Rock paper shot and our Facebook page, Rock paper shotgun Uh so let's go and have a look and see what readers think, readers and listeners think are the best cities in games.
2: Before I even load this up, I would uh expect to see Rapture on here. So oh, yeah. oh yeah, oh
1: yeah. Rapture and um uh columbia are both on there. I I had them on my list, but uh I decided they've been talked about enough.
0: <laughs> There's quite a lot of people saying Dunwall and Karnaka, like you as well. Uh, Alice. Kai hey. Void says Dunwall is a fantastic place to explore all these little apartments and huge manors and fancy civic works. Beautiful design.
1: There are a few people um mentioning different individual cities in Elder Scrolls games. Uh, so Niels on Facebook says I've always loved All in Oblivion uh, that cult is hiding under this peaceful city is really cool uh, and I think I believe yeah people have been mentioning uh, a few of the different cities in, um, in Oblivion and uh, yeah Morrowind as well Balmora it's the first proper city you visit in Morrowind and it just feels like home even though everyone is rude and it's gloomy even on a sunny day says Thomas
0: Pangalan and a few others say uh Los Santos in GTA five.
2: That was also on my list actually. Uh yeah I can see why. There's a lot to do in that city. Uh including Flyplane. Uh I see someone uh Jack Ridsdale, uh has put a sleeping dogs version of Hong Kong. It's a good one. It's a very good choice. I didn't think of that one. Um What else. uh we've got Prague from Deus Ex Man, Mankind Divided which is good f- in my opinion from the first half of the game before they go into the whole martial law nonsense.
0: I really love Prague. I think it's brilliant. It was on my list. I think it's totally it's just cool. It's small, it's really dense. Yeah. It absolutely. feels like it re- it is it's a it's a it's one of those cities that feels like you can go into every building. You probably can't, but it does feel like you can basically get wherever cuz it's so
1: detailed. Mm. Um Few people saying Camarocho as well. Uh a couple of people actually um uh have have said uh, Fallen London. Haley said Fallen London, which is interesting cuz Fallen in London is um it's text um so it's it's a fail better um browser game and it doesn't really exist in the same way the other the other cities we talked about does so it's really interesting that that people have have pointed that out it's 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 almost entirely descriptive
0: that's cool hmm. It still counts i think um Ben Roush says Midgar in Final Fantasy 7. Some people, including Damien Kiwi, says uh, Watch Dogs 2's San Francisco. Mm. Which I think is, is an it. okay city. I wouldn't put it up there with Ubisoft's bests.
1: I really like it. I like the Silicon Valley bit. Uh. any any more we want to we want to mention
2: um there's one person that's uh, mentioned tristram uh, from diablo which i mean i'm not sure how to feel about that because tristram in itself is a village and a very small one at that but it has a really big big church
0: that I'm, when if it's a village, we can't accept it for the same reason we can't accept Sapienza from Hitman, <laughs> um, which is an amazing small town. Oh, is that the um? Oh,
2: which one is that?
0: It's um, the one in Italy. It's
2: ah, like a, okay.
0: Seaside Italy city.
2: See, I always, uh, I always dug the um, oh, what was it? The little tiny community in um, Blood Money, I think it was. One that has the uh the home for people that are either retired or ill or something like that, and your target is in there don't remember that one um that one was a really good mission, mostly involving um faking your own death so that you could escape
0: Constantinos demopolo says uh among many places like Silent hill and Orlando, Novigrad which a few people have said. Uh, from The Witcher Three, which is a good city.
1: Uh, so, Konstantinos is actually a game urbanist and game designer who plans mm. levels in ge- urban environments. So, I he would know, I suppose. Yeah. Excellent stuff. Thank you, everyone, who's who made their fabulous suggestions this week look out look out for for the question next week don't know what it's going to be yet could be anything that's the fun of listening to this podcast how rigorously we plan ahead Um. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's time to say goodbye now before we go we do like to do recommendations uh i have one ready to go uh a recommendation of something that isn't a video game uh do you guys have one as well
2: uh, I didn't know this was the thing. Now, well, uh, it's been a while Dave's, since I've been on here. Dave's
1: so. <laughs> outed himself as someone that doesn't listen to the podcast. So, <laughs> uh, so well, I'll go first. Um, I yesterday uh, caned watching uh, all of the first season of Dairy Girls, which is just on Netflix, and I hadn't watched it before. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's really good, I think, and you know, I feel closer to you, Brendan, now. I feel I can really understand you and your experience, um, but no, it's very good and very funny. I think, although I don't know, do you feel differently, Brendan? Do you think it's bad?
0: I no, I like Dairy Girls. Um, we watched the whole second season last week in a, like every day an episode, so we did exactly the same thing. Um, but I, I don't, I don't know. I feel weird, like. The comedy of the show is not that different from like the comedy of something like In Betweeners. Um and I, I, I even think it's like the comedy of it itself isn't as good as something like that. But it just makes me feel really comfortable. Like it just I just like hearing them talk because it reminds me of home.
1: <laughs> oh. So I just love it.
0: Because oh. nobody because they'll say phrases. Um that I haven't heard for years, and I'll just, I'll just bust out laughing, and <laughs> like, it just, it just makes me feel happy.
1: Like what? Can you think of a phrase?
0: I it's Like things that are just rude. <laughs> <laughs> there's one of the girls. What's she called? She's the really rude one who calls everyone a ride. Yeah. Ah. yeah. Just every everything she comes out with, I just bust out laughing because there's so many friends who speak like her. <laughs>
1: There are some phrases, some extremely Irish phrases that I now understand uh, that are, if you didn't have them explained to you, are, I think, incomprehensible. Like, me- put the messages <laughs> in the press.
3: Like- <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> one of the things um, that the shopkeeper says, there's a shopkeeper um, and uh one of the things he says to someone one of the girls like does a maths sum in her head really quickly like about the money that they're that they need to spend in the shop or something and he go, he goes who's rain rain when <laughs> just like a play on rain man <laughs> but also the word when which is like we we one like child. Uh, <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> who's rain when is is one of the most un- underrated puns of television history <laughs> because it only applies in this one <laughs> province. It's just excellent.
1: I really like the episode in the first season where like the cool priest turns up and he's like call me Peter, and the uh, and the nun is like Oh Jesus. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's a good show I also recommend it it is good
1: yeah and also if you don't already know what it means let us know what you think put the messages in the press actually means Mm -hmm. Uh, okay Brendan do you have a recommendation
0: Uh, I'm going to recommend an article that I read on it's called Nautilus it's a website like nautil.us it's like a weird magazine website that I don't really read, but it comes up every now and again on little recommendation app. Um and it's called The Rise and Fall of the English Sentence by Julie Sadivi. I don't know how you pronounce her surname. But um it's all about how we've stopped using clauses in our sentences. Like we we in our writing, um using long, complicated multi-clause sentences has gone down over the years the more that we use writing instead of talking to communicate with each other and it's just it. i'm describing it very poorly but it's really interesting it just talks about how different languages sometimes don't have complicated clauses it uses like the uh, declaration of independence's opening sentence as an example which is this really long 71 word sentence with eight clauses and you you basically have to read it like five times to understand what the hell the, the basic meaning of it is. Hmm. Um, and uh, it's a really good article. Uh, uh, so I'll link to it.
1: Excellent. Uh, Dave, have you had time to think of something? I have,
0: actually. Oh, good. Um, okay. It's, it's probably
2: something that's been mentioned before, but it, it's something that I only managed to get to watch or, you know, decided to watch about a month ago, and that's the entirety of Fleabag in, like, a day, just because it was that good. I saw the first episode and absolutely loved it, and it just carried on just being absolutely excellent throughout, and it's only two series of six episodes, so you get probably one of the funniest um, uh, meals out that you'll ever see at the beginning of the second series, just because of how catastrophically wrong it all goes, just from a misunderstanding, and it's just just utterly glorious.
1: There you go.
0: In in Fleba, in Fleba, actually, fancies a priest as well. I've read, I haven't seen the TV show. Oh, oh priest,
2: it, yeah. Oh, there's a bit in the second series with where they in the church. I won't spoil it, but it is by far one of the most. I I've never changed my mind about my perception of how a scene's going to play out and how I feel about a scene <laughs> that many times <laughs> in the space of about two minutes.
1: Okay. Cool. See, I wish I liked it, Fleabag. Oh? <laughs> huh? Just it's not. I, I guess I don't. I don't hate, I don't dislike it. I just don't like Alice, it. Alice, you can't
0: rag on other people's recommendations.
1: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's against the rules. Well, I mean, like, I don't, I. it's one of those ones where, like, I can tell it is very good, but it's just not, it's like Breaking Bad. I I, I was watching it going, this is very well acted, it's very well written, it's very well shot and edited.
0: I don't like
1: Don't it. like it, yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> entirely Entirely, yeah. So, I I can only well, endorse uh, I can only endorse Dave's recommendation on the basis that literally everyone else I know likes it. So, <laughs> there you go. Good good recommendations all, uh, especially Dave's. Brendan, I'm not ragging on anyone's recommendation. <laughs> Uh, excellent well thank you very much for joining me today on the electronic wireless show episode 88 uh, rock paper shotguns video game podcast and the only gaming podcast you need in my opinion which as we just found out is wrong so (laughs) uh, so thank you very much Dave cool and thank you Brendan (laughs) (laughs) thank you Uh, and thank you to you the dear listener don't forget to visit our website www.rockpaveshotgun.com, to visit the YouTube channel uh, and to follow us on your social medias as well Uh, thank you once again, say goodbye to the lovely people boys, Bye. bye bye
0: Elabong runs just beneath us.